0: but today is genuinely a celebration of God's grace. And even as I prayed, what today's message is about is how we start to experience God's grace amongst us as we see how God raises and uses people, and that allows His grace to flow into us as a community and also flow out of us as a community. And this also allows us to look forward to more of God's Infinite grace. And so today we've been celebrating people who've been with us from the start, people who have been serving, people who have been added to our number, and many of you have even been added to us during the course of this year. But here's an experience that I've never had to go through. And that is the experience of trying to work out which church am I going to attend. My father was a minister, and so growing up, I had no choice. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't kind of forced to go to church Nazi style. I loved our church. I loved ministry. I had great friends. And my father served in two different churches. So when he moved... I moved with them to PE and then back to Joburg. And then at some point, the Lord called me to ministry and it was at the church that I was serving at. And so once again, devoted to that church. And then as I mentioned earlier, the Lord led us down here to the south of Johannesburg as an extension of the work that He was doing there in Edenvale. And so honestly, I don't know what it's like to walk into a church and wonder, am I going to attend this church? Now I know the reason why many of you are here, you've got very different stories. Some of you are here because you were personally invited by somebody and I love hearing those kinds of stories. Some of you are here because you've unfortunately experienced some pain or some hurt somewhere else. And so you've just needed to leave someplace and find a new place and maybe even stay under the radar for a while as you just kind of remain on the outside and maybe heal over some time. Some of you are here because you haven't been to church for a number of years and for whatever reason, you kind of at Riverside Community Church, you're just kind of easing back into the church space. And I know not from my personal experience, but just from the things that I read and the things we need to think about as a church and the stories that I hear when I speak to you is that when you're looking for a church, you know, some of you are attracted to maybe the church's worship style. Some of you are maybe looking for the kind of preaching that connects with you or a leadership team that you can trust. Some of you are looking for a church with the best brownies. And if that's, you know, if that's you, Riverside is definitely the place for you. Some of you are looking for meaningful relationships, but as we think about church through those many lenses, and I don't want to kind of judge any of the reasons that brought you here because I understand them and they're very valid and we always trust that the Lord can meet your needs through our community space. And while those kind of avenues are very valid, Regularly, what we need to do here at Riverside is raise our vision beyond the things we look for in a church and remind ourselves who and what the church truly is. Now, we've got an advantage in inverted commas here at Riverside Community Church in the sense that we don't own our own building yet, please, Lord. But we're gonna be less kind of... Uh, in confused that church is a building. And so we walk onto a school premises and we're gonna be less inclined to think of church in terms of a building. But maybe some of us are gonna think primarily through the kids ministry or the worship ministry or the sermon or even this meeting time here on a Sunday. And what we're celebrating here today starts to get to the heart of what the church truly is where the church is not boiled down to any one of our ministries as important as they are. It's not boiled down to any one of our leaders. It's not even boiled down to as important as it is is our Sunday meeting times. That what comprises Riverside Community Church is y'all, you plural, all right? That you are the church. And so the church is always gonna be like its people, and if you are the church, that means Riverside is gonna be like you. And maybe I'm biased and I know we're just celebrating all of our volunteers today, but if Riverside is gonna be like you, I think we've got a great future ahead of us. But I want us to recognize that when we recognize what God has done and what God is doing, it is not because of me, it is not because of our Sundays, but it is truly because of what the Lord is doing through every single one of us that comprises this community called Riverside Community Church. But there is more at play. And so to help us get on board with what God is wanting to do in us, I want to read from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 to 11. 1 Peter 4, verses 10 to 11. I'm gonna read through those verses quickly and then just make some comments on this. So Peter is writing to a church like ours 2,000 years ago, and he says this, "'Each of you should use whatever gifts "'you have received to serve others "'as faithful stewards of God's grace "'in its various forms. "'If anyone speaks, they should do so "'as one who speaks the very words of God. "'If anyone serves, they should do so "'with the strength God provides, "'so that in all things God may be praised "'through Jesus Christ.'" And to Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Now there are three facets or three actions concerning the life of the church that involves every single one of us here that I want to highlight. And if we are gonna be a life-giving, vibrant church, we're gonna see these three actions present in a church such as ours. And these three things are Gift giving, and I'm going to explain all of these in a second. Gift giving, gracious speaking, and empowered serving. Gift giving, gracious speaking, and empowered serving. And so in this passage, we see these three actions. And when it comes to Riverside Community Church, it is easy to visibly see these actions. Because it is you who are doing these things. And it is so wonderful on a day like today to honor those who are doing these faithfully. But there's also a second side to that. And I wanna read these verses again, emphasizing not the action that you do, but I wanna emphasize the other side. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. In his various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And so there's this mystery that somehow I am involved in what God is doing here but it cannot be boiled down to what I and you do, that there is this other side to it and that is somehow the mystery of what God is doing through what we are doing. And one of the things that has become so clear to us is that for a church to be healthy and vibrant, it cannot simply come down to these things being lived out by the pastors by the leaders, and by those who we see on the stages and serving us, that this is gonna come down to every single one of us. We actually see this, and it's in this passage, where it starts off by saying, each one, each one. That means every single one of you. It says, if anyone speaks, that's not assuming a small handful, that's assuming all of us. If anyone serves, once again, not restrained to a few that serve the 80, but rather if anyone serves, that's gonna include all of us, which raises this this mystery that we often talk about here at Riverside Community Church. And the mystery is, and God has chosen to do things this way. God has chosen to work through His people. When God wants to do something in this world, the way God has chosen to set things up is that God has chosen to work through His people. Now, does that put God in a box? Does that mean God cannot work aside from His people? Listen, I fundamentally believe that when we finally see the Lord face to face and He pulls back the veil, we are gonna see the billions of ways that God has been at work apart from us, aside from us, in spite of us. But even if we look at the scriptures, apart from a big obvious thing like the act of creation, whenever we see mighty works of God, God is not acting in a vacuum, He is always using His people. For example, think about, we went through the series earlier this year about the book of Exodus. Think about all those signs and wonders Think about the Red Sea parting. Yes, God did it, but he chose to do it through Moses. If we think about some of the ways that God's people were able to defeat their enemies, yes, God did it, but through the armies of Gideon and, and some of the many other people in the Old Testament. If we think about, for example, in Acts chapter two, when thousands were saved, yes, God did Did it, but he did it through the faithful preaching of Peter. So God has chosen to do this, this way. That somehow you and I are playing a role in the story, and we want to honor you and thank you for that. But God is the one who has been truly doing the work among us, and we also want to thank God for what he does. But this also helps us understand how God's grace comes to us and how we can anticipate going into the future more of God's grace if we can be so audacious to think that way. You see, if we look at these three actions, giving gifts, speaking graciously and serving in an empowered way, I want to argue that the more of us that are doing these things, the more of God's grace we're gonna see amongst us as a community and the more of an eternal impact Riverside Community Church is going to make a, is going to make a difference. So, let's first talk about gift giving, and I'm going to look at these very quickly. At the beginning, in verse 10, it says, "Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms." Now, the kind of gifts that Peter is talking about here is what the scriptures call spiritual gifts, and so. What is a spiritual gift? And by the way, I'm gonna be running through this idea of spiritual gifts, doing a pretty you know, disservice to the idea, but we're gonna run through this. A spiritual gift is a unique way that God's Spirit empowers each of you for His purposes. A unique way that God's Spirit, meaning God's presence, God's power, empowers you each one of you for God's purposes. That is what we call a spiritual gift. Now, I know when some of us think about being empowered by God, I mean, we're living in a time where we've got the Marvel universe and we've got the DC movies and we get these ideas of us being superheroes as God's spirit comes upon us and we see these great and mighty works like we see in scripture. And there is no doubt when we look at the various passages that speak about spiritual gifts, that some spiritual gifts are obviously supernatural. When God uses us to heal someone in prayer, when God uses us to prophesy, when someone speaks in the the language of tongues, that is very obviously something that is supernaturally empowered. But then there are also a whole lot of spiritual gifts that may appear to be less supernatural, but are by no means any less supernatural. For example, the gift of teaching, the gift of helps, the gift of caring for others, the gift of administration, the gift of generosity, the gifts of leadership, they may appear very fleshly However, they are no less empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that means in God's heart, as you're sitting here today, especially if God has added you to this community, Riverside Community Church, that in God's heart is not simply that you sit here and warm a seat on a Sunday morning, that God wants to pour grace into this community and through this community, through you in a very unique way. And part of what it means to be part of God's church is how do I faithfully live that out? How do I step into that space? Not simply to get things done on a Sunday. I can be incredibly task orientated. But the vision is way bigger than that. How do we position ourselves under God's grace? so that more of His grace is imparted into and through His church, His bride, His body, as we are all faithfully serving in our places of spiritual gifts. So we become gift givers when you are serving in those spaces. Let's talk about gracious speaking. Verse 11, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Now, if you haven't figured it out yet, the tongue is very powerful to break or to build. And so in the book of James, this is written by the brother of Jesus, he says, look if, you look, if you want to know the power of a tongue, look at a ship, such a big ship on the high seas and yet steered by a little rudder. Look at some of these big forest fires, so powerful to destroy, but started by a tiny little spark. Such is the danger of our tongues. There are a number of passages in the New Testament where often the Apostle Paul lifts a whole, lists a whole lot of sins. And some of these sins would fall into the category of these big, obvious, bad sins like witchcraft or debauchery. In those same lists, he will talk about gossip. And he'll talk about slander. And so we need to recognize the power of our tongues to destroy, but we're not focusing on that today. We need to also recognize that there's not like this neutral space that if we're not gossiping, not lying, not slandering, we just get into a very human space, like this neutral zone. And if we kind of picture it like a needle on this side, the more we get into the red zone, the more we are doing destructive things with our tongues, then we get in a neutral zone. We need to recognize that we can use our tongues to move the needle this way. To the point where increasingly, when we speak, something of God's heart and something of God's grace is imparted among us. There are a whole lot of verses that speak to this effect and I'm gonna just run through them without any commentary, Colossians 4, 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace. Grace by definition is what God gives Let your conversations around the briar, around the coffee table, around the dinner table, be full of what God can give through our tongues. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up According to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. 1 Thessalonians 5:11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. James 1:19. My dear brothers and sisters, take notice of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak, slow to become angry. Colossians 3:9, do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with his practices. James 4.11, brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Colossians 3.16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Please don't think that when we're talking about gracious speaking, and that through our tongues God can impart grace to our community, that that's restricted to what I do because I get to hold a microphone and yell at you every Sunday. Please don't think that it's restricted to worship teams and our life group leaders. In a few minutes we're gonna be sitting around the briar. I very much hope that some of you are gonna speak to someone else and connect with someone else that you haven't connected with today and you're gonna use words. And I very much hope that every single one of you has this vision that by how I use my tongue, more of God's grace can be imparted into our community and therefore overflowing through our community to the world around us. And that goes way beyond Sundays. That goes to our homes and our families and our places of work and business and leisure catching a vision for God's grace through how He uses our tongues. And then finally, let's talk about the third variable and that's empowered serving, verse 11. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. Now, some of you might say, especially if you've been following with me and maybe keeping your Bible open, that Stephen, we spoke about spiritual gifts and it talks about serving one another with our spiritual gifts. Haven't we covered service? And here's where I want to talk about a little bit of the difference between our spiritual gifts and how we are to serve one another. You see, our spiritual gifts are a unique way that the Holy Spirit empowers us for God's purposes. But if we look at those spiritual gifts, the gift itself doesn't always determine where you're going to serve. For example, if the Lord empowers you with the spiritual gift of teaching, that doesn't mean that you're gonna be preaching up here next week, Sunday. But maybe it might mean that you're gonna be serving in our kids' ministry. Listen, those little kiddies that were up here earlier, they need people and leaders with the spiritual gift of teaching so that God's grace can be imported down to them. Our teens on a Friday night, they need people with the spiritual gifts of teaching. And so if you've got the gift of teaching, you can serve in the worship team. You can serve as a life group leader. You can serve in any of our next gen ministries and so on and so forth. Stephen, how do I know if I've got the spiritual gifts of teaching? Well, we're gonna talk about praying about it just now in a second. But with all of the spiritual gifts, we are gonna start seeing evidence of somehow God's grace through what I do. I think I've told you the story before. I had a friend of mine and he was in our life group and I once went up to him after a life group one day and I said to him, listen, I really think you've got the gift of encouragement. And for whatever reason, he was like, nah, there's no way. And I said, listen, Brents, when you say three words of encouragement to somebody, you do more, rather God does more through your three words than an hour of my encouragement. It's when people lean in. If you think you've got the gift of teaching and people lean out, or people are more confused, maybe that's not your gift. Let we go back to the Lord, right? And so as I think about spiritual gifts, I kind of think through it through the lens of this Venn diagram, where we've got these spiritual gifts and we've spoken about those, but then also we need to consider our passion. And when it comes to our passions, I wanna ask you a number of prompting questions. The one question is, when you pray about it, when you think about God's kingdom, What do you want to see moved forward in the kingdom of God? Or maybe to think about it from a negative perspective. What is your holy discontent? That when you see the gap or when you see the shortcomings or the failures, something in you is not simply irritated, but something in you is motivated and you want to do something about it. What is your passion? And for some people, it is kids. And they wanna see not just an awesome babysitting service on a Sunday, but they wanna see our kids engage the living God from the youngest of ages. Some of us are passionate about the poor and seeing them receive dignity and love and help and hearing the gospel. Some of you are just passionate about those who don't know Christ. And so you are so motivated by that. And whether you serve in kids ministry or youth ministry on the worship team, that is a passion of your heart. If we look at some of our teams, some of our people, and I know it takes certain times but we thank the Lord for our church. Some of our people are passionate about financial stewardship and just seeing great leadership in those spaces. Some of us are passionate about maybe I can't always be involved, but I can resource ministry. I can enable ministry by my generosity. And so we're gonna, yes, look at our spiritual gifts and we're going to look at our passions. But then finally, we're also gonna look at opportunities. Let me tell you a little secret about how churches work. There is no spiritual gift of packing chairs. And I highly doubt that even those in our volunteer teams are passionate about packing chairs. Maybe they're passionate about excellence. Maybe they're passionate about when someone walks in that they are acknowledged and there's a nice clean environment so that there are no obstacles between them and God on a Sunday. But I can tell you they're not passionate about chairs. So when we look at the opportunities that come our way, maybe it's gonna come in the form of, listen guys, here as a church. There are some opportunities for us to serve. We have a missions trip that people are going on. And maybe you've never thought about going on a missions trip, but here's the opportunity and you choose to sign up in faith. Maybe we talk about some opportunities to serve in our service teams or in our kids' ministry teams. And you're like, listen, I don't know if I'm wired that way, but here is an opportunity for me to fulfill 1 Peter 4, verses 10 to 11, to roll up my sleeves and to serve. He has another little secret about working and serving in God's church. I mean, even for me, who has the incredible privilege of bringing God's word to us here regularly, 99% of the time, as much as we're talking about using the strength that God provides, administering God's grace in its various forms, 99% of the time, it doesn't feel like, whoa, God's power is here. And I become like this animated puppet in God's hands. 99% of the time, it looks like preparation and prayer and pitching up. 99% 99% of the time, it looks like serving faithfully in season and out of season. 99% of the time, it means serving and praying and pitching up and practicing and rehearsing and ensuring that we're stewarding the moments well, even when I struggle to see fruit in my own life or in the life of our church. Of course, there are those moments where God's presence is more tangible and there is more evidence of what, He is doing, but when we're in those moments where it truly does just feel like I am showing up here because I was rostered for today, don't for one second believe that God is not using you. That there is not an impartation of grace into this church and through this church because of you serving in your capacity according to your passions and your spiritual gifts. And the reason why I bring this up is because I believe we can over-spiritualize this. Don't wait at home for the angel Gabriel to wake you up at three o'clock on Sunday morning to tell you what your spiritual gift is or to tell you where to serve. Start somewhere. Some of you may know we can do spiritual gift exercises and we can fill out these forms and, and those can be useful or helpful. But I believe that the greatest evidence of spiritual gifts is when we get involved, when we are contributing as part of the body and suddenly we start seeing what God is doing through me. We start seeing changed lives. We start being part of a team. We start being part of an active community. Maybe someone else sees something in and through you that you haven't seen in and through yourself. And so we've had so many volunteers who have done exactly that. And if we are to see more of God's grace in the life of this church, as again, as audacious as that sounds, it's gonna be because each one, if anyone speaks, if anyone serves, we are gonna do so with the strength that God provides. As verse 10 says, administrating Administering God's grace in its various forms. I know I've told you this before, but the picture there is of a waiter. Some of you have been a waiter. I was a waiter in a Chinese restaurant for four years. And when someone orders sweet and sour pork, I don't make sweet and sour pork. I go to the kitchen, I get it on a plate, and I serve it. And I don't get the honor. The kitchen does, the chef does. And that is what we're doing. That is how we faithfully give good gifts, how we have empowered service. We go to God for grace. We step out in faith and whether we feel it or not, we are administering God's grace, each one in its various forms. So if we are to see more of God's grace going into 2023, Let's just talk about how we can do this. And, and, and I believe a starting point for us has to be, has to be, because we are talking about spiritual things. It has to start with prayer. On Sunday mornings, uh, I don't often get to pray with the prayer team, but as a worship team, we get to pray. And something that I pray on my own every single Sunday And often with the worship team are these words, Lord, may today be a day of empowered ministry. Not just empowered preaching, not just empowered worship, but empowered and spirit-directed prayer. Empowered kids ministry, empowered welcome ministry, empowered car park ministry, empowered community. Lord, that all that we are doing, there's evidence of you imparting grace through us today. So we pray for God to strengthen us, to empower us. We pray for God to lead us. So maybe you sign up for a ministry and you commit to the ministry for a year. And after a year, yes, you've gotten to know a team, You've maybe been part of some wonderful ways that God has used you, but something in you starts to feel like, I don't know if I'm in my right niche. And so you hear of another opportunity or another need or another way that God leads, but we are asking the Lord to lead us in this. We pray for God's heart to be in our words, that God's grace can be imparted through how we speak to one another. We pray for His strength, especially when we are getting tired. As I mentioned earlier, there is a very real thing called burnout. But also I believe sometimes it is a case of me relying on my own strength. Lord, today I'm depending on you. Lord, I am tired. The baby was up all night and I'm on the worship team. Lord, would you give me strength? Would you give me grace? Lord, I'm not feeling very friendly this morning. Lord, would you give me grace? Would you change my heart? Would you give me strength? So we're gonna be praying. And then we're gonna take a step. And I believe every single one of us as I'm sure the Lord has been speaking to us, where the Lord is guiding us to take a step, maybe a small step, maybe a big step, but it's for us to obey in that and trust with what God is wanting to do through us. And so let's do exactly that. Let's pray. as We thank God for His grace amongst us, but we also pray for more grace as we trust Him. Lord, You're the God who richly gives grace, who richly pours out grace. We are celebrating your grace and we recognize that the way you have set it up is that you have chosen to use your people. I thank you for the faithfulness of your people this morning. I thank you for the way they have prepared, for the way that they have prayed, for the way that they have pitched up. Lord, we also thank you for the way that your grace has been administered. There has been a deposit of your grace in us. And Father, as we go forward, we do audaciously ask for more grace, as more of your people position themselves to be used by you, to be empowered and strengthened by you. And yes, Lord, I do pray that you'd give us eyes to see not the fruit of our labor, but the fruit of your grace. As we hear just on our hearts every Sunday and every week, well done, good and faithful servants. As we know that we are not simply acting in our own strength, but the strength that you provide. So Lord, for every volunteer, for every person sitting here this morning, We ask for more grace. God, I ask as a leader here, I audaciously ask for more gifts to be given by you. For you to more powerfully use those amongst us to take some of our gifts. Think of the stewards of of one and two and, and five talents that some of us, you're gonna move from a two talent to a four talent to a five talent as we're faithful to trust you. Father, I pray that there are those who just for whatever reason are sitting in a seat this morning and have such a powerful sense of what their next step is and what you are calling them to, not me. And God, we demonstrate our faith in obedience to this. So God, we are so excited about today, but I'm even more excited about our future. And Lord, we honor you